Welcome to HunterSportsTalk.com. I'm your host, William Hunter. Only one NBA game on Tuesday night, and it'll be like this from here on out. Even when the conference finals end, there's going to be one game, and it's going to be the NBA finals. But every other night, once the NBA finals start, and you're going to have a travel day in between the game two and the game three and the game five and game six. But other than that, we're just going to have one game for the rest of the NBA season. Oh, happy times. Hey, time to spend with your family. It's time to talk to them and have more than four or five minute conversations. That's exciting. Anyway, back to reality. Indiana takes care of Miami 99-92. Sirius is tied at two apiece. Roy Hibbert says after the game on Tuesday night, we're not going anywhere. It was an inspirational speech. No matter what the analysts say, they're not going anywhere. They take care of Miami 99-92. Hibbert has himself a big game. They're just dominating the boards against Miami. He had 23 points and 12 rebounds. Only went to the line four times. So was just dominant on the inside. They had Birdman guarding him a few minutes. Also, they tried to pull out well, really no one. They Shane Battier and... Anderson were the two main bigs. And I guess they pull you down. Udonis has them on them a little bit. Udonis played 18 minutes. Only had six points in this game. But that was the key for Indiana in this game was that Udonis has them really didn't go off. Although he had three for five shooting, he didn't really you know, run them up as far as what he did in game three. LeBron had 24 points and six rebounds and five assists, but fouled out of the game. And, again, I'm a big fan of and. Being that I'm not a fan of a team that has a superstar, and that's, maybe that's why I'm a fan of it, I'm a fan of if, if it is a foul, call a foul. One more time, if it's a foul, call it a foul. Every professional sport is guilty of this. Even amateur sports are guilty of this. They baby the superstar, or they give the call up for the superstar. The last call with LeBron getting called for is six. He basically stuck his foot out to trip up Stevenson. And Joey Crawford caught that, and he fouled out of the game with a little less than two minutes to go. And that was basically the end of Miami losing by seven. But it was a couple of cheap fouls that were called throughout the game against LeBron. He mentions this in the postgame interview. But, I mean, come on, man. It's just one of those deals where you have to call that. So, They call that Miami loses. Dwayne Wade does another disappearing act. Only 5 for 15. Played 37 minutes. 6 for 6 from the 3 front line, but only 5 for 15 from the field. 6 assists. He's going to have to do more. And Chris Bosh, he was 1 for 6 during this game. Went to the free throw line four times. But I just think that he's going to ultimately be their downfall. Maybe not this round, but next round with the perimeter shooting that he does. He only got three rebounds um, in this game. Doesn't really fight for rebounds. Camps out in the perimeter, and David West and Roy Hibbert has basically been taking advantage of him throughout the whole series. West with 12 rebounds also. Paul George with eight rebounds. One would assume they had a rebounding advantage. 49 for the Pacers and 30 for the Heat, and I assume correctly. So, They've been dominating on the boards, and what happens, it's the same thing that happened in the Memphis run where they would miss two or three shots and get that rebound. Same thing happened with Indiana. They're missing two or three shots and getting the rebound, and that's the cause for the double-digit rebounds by the front court of Weston Hibbert. 
West had a decent game. wasn't great. Had 14 and 12, but an interesting scenario happened. The LeBron played a little bit of David West, and again, you don't want that happening for extended periods of time because the bigs of Miami weren't playing well. Bad defensive rotations by Birdman, basically getting dominated by Roy Hibbert. He only played 19 minutes, no points, not a shot attempt for Birdman. This is a guy that's shooting over 80% in the series. Shane Battier, 17 minutes, four points. So they had to have LeBron play David West for a few minutes during that, that game last night. And that's just not a good look for David West. Not, a, not for David West, but for LeBron. Just expending energy that he really doesn't need to expend. Ideally, what they would want, they would want Udonis and Anderson platooning against David West and Roy Hibbert. And they would also love if Chris Bosh actually played defense against Roy Hibbert. But I think it's just hard to do. Also, a big thing in this series, especially last night, was the flopping by each team. Oh, my goodness. Shane Battier, known to me as El Flopper, the king of floppers, flopped two or three times last night. There was a play where Stevenson and Allen was running down court, and Allen moved his elbow a little bit, and Stevenson flinched. And the funny part was Allen had to give him a talking to. He was like, yo, basically it was a chill-out moment. Hey, there's no need to do that. And... I wonder if there ain't going to be any fines levied for all this flopping, or maybe, you know, they'll tell the referees to watch out for that and to control the game early. And they may dish out early fouls to, to chill with the flopping. So, I don't know. It's just one of those deals where when you know certain referees are there, you know that fouls are going to be called or weird fouls are going to be called. And that referee is Joey Crawford. I go back and forth on whether, whether Joey Crawford is a good referee, and I, I kind of lean towards, yeah, but he's just one of those old school referees that want to be seen. There was a guy when I was growing up, when I used to watch baseball with my grandfather, I can't remember his name. But every time there was a strike call, he would say, strike one, strike two. He was just a show off umpire. Haven't seen an umpire like this in major leagues or um, NBA. The closest in the NBA is Joy Crawford. He's one of those guys. When he makes a call, he shows off. It was a call earlier this season where he was doing a blocking call. He basically did the cha-cha three or four steps up to show that it was a blocking foul. So he's one of those guys. And Joey Crawford is the guy that ejected Tim Duncan on the bench a few years ago for talking about him on the bench. And I think Crawford was suspended for the rest of the season throughout the playoffs a few years ago for that. But just one of those deals, man, where the referee – I don't want to say the fishing was questionable, but they were just calling stuff. It was 50-50 fouls. And I'm not of the opinion, again, of if you're, you're a superstar, you should hold your whistles. If it's a foul, it's a foul. I believe in that. And you shouldn't hold your whistles. You wouldn't hold your whistle for Udonis Hassan if he commits a foul. You wouldn't hold your whistle for David West and Paul George. If you foul someone, call out the foul. Same thing with the one thing that, they don't call consistent. Maybe they'll, they, they've tried to clamp down on this flopping situation. Maybe they'll do it. But it's just one of those deals where if you're going to call it, make it a consistent call. I kind of understand with, the, with 30 seconds left in the game how you want to swallow your whistle a little bit. I get that. But as far as you know, not calling a foul because you don't want to call it, just bogus. There was a game last year when the 76ers went in the playoffs. 
and it was late game two, and I think the 76ers were up by a possession, maybe two or three points. And KG is known for illegal screens. That's what he does. He just illegal screens everybody. So if he, if he illegal screens, you call it. And what the referees do, they really don't call it. They just let it go. So if you let it go, you know, they're surprised when the call is made. That's what happened. You know, and they finally called a legal screen on KG, and it was game two of that series. And Philadelphia goes on to win the game, and there was outrage because, and I hear that, I understand that point of view. If you don't call it throughout the game, you know, why call it now? And Garnett was given, get, gets away with legal screens basically his whole career, and they called it that particular play. And if he's been doing it all, all game, why don't you call it? And, you know, I understand that point. But again, if you commit the foul, you commit the foul. So, same thing here. Um, LeBron isn't known as a a guy that gets away with a lot of fouls. But he did say before the game last night that he didn't mind the flopping rule. It's to his advantage. Why would he mind? It's to his team's advantage. He had one of the more prolific floppers of all time in Shane Battier. And, you know, LeBron's been known to flop a time or two. So, yeah, I I can see why they want to keep that rule, but to get that out of the game and get that crap out of the game, they need to buckle down on this, and the rules committee needs to talk about this because it it wasn't just Miami with the flopping. It was Indiana with the flopping, too, and you just need to just get rid of that as as quickly as possible. Hopefully they'll address this during the offseason. This is a five-man team, Indiana. West with 39 minutes. George with 33. Could have played more, but was in foul trouble. Roy Hibbert. With 40 minutes. Every time I see Roy Hibbert, it's like clockwork throughout the series and throughout the playoffs with him. Around the six-minute mark in the first quarter, he is breathing heavily. But I thought he'll be fatigued and wouldn't be able to move up the floor. But he's actually you know, able to move, and he played 40 minutes. So good job out of him. George Hill, 39 minutes. Stevenson, he was the star of the game, really. He had 9-for-15 shooting with 20 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. I am scared every time this kid gets the ball and goes up the court. He's a one-man fast break. It's somewhat under control. But what he's in, there's been times during the during the playout in this particular series, he'll wave off a, a screen or wave off a, a post guy to take a guy one-on-one. And, again, I understand he comes from a scoring background. He's an all-time New York public school scorer in, in New York State. So I understand that. But, Hasn't had the scoring in the NBA consistently yet, but he waves his guys off. He's the irrational confidence guy. Like I said, 41 minutes, guard LeBron a lot. Was in a smidge of foul trouble. Actually, a lot of foul trouble. Had five fouls, but he plays hard. He's a one-man fast break. He can go one-on-three, one-on-four, and still find a way to score. So good job out of him. They didn't really get a big night out of Paul George because of that foul trouble. And I think this may come back and bite Indiana later on in this series, asking Paul George, to spend most of his time on defense guarding LeBron. And I think that's going to probably bite him in the tail because it's just expending a lot of energy um, from from him on the offensive end. They asked him during the telecast last night, the TNT guys asked him, is he tired? And he basically said, tired is an excuse. Translation, yes, I'm tired, but what can I do? Stevenson played a little bit on LeBron, did a decent job, but good offense can never be stopped by good defense. You just slow him down a little bit, so... Mahimi only had two points. Sam Young had six points, and Hansborough only had three points. Augustine played the most off the bench, 18 minutes, no points, three assists. Though. So there was a big turning point in this game that possibly could have turned the tide. 
there was a, a shot clock violation with Roy Hibbert where he hits the rim, but it wasn't a shot clock violation. Indiana resets, gets the ball back at the top of the key, passes it into Hansborough, and he eventually hits the layup. But it was possible, it was waved off because the referees thought that it was a shot clock violation. Miami makes a run, they end up tying up the game, but Indiana goes ahead and pulls away. Only shot 39%. Indiana shot 50%. 26 for 33 from the free throw line, 24 for 27 from the free throw line for Miami. So not that much of a difference. 8 for 20 of 23 from 3 for Miami, 3 for 14 for the Pacers. Um, again, uh, 18 assists. Not a lot of the other stats that really stick out. Files were basically even. 30 for Miami, 25 for Indiana. Fast break points. Miami, obviously, the faster team here, 16 and 8. But what's going to happen throughout this year? I still think Miami is in the driver's seat to win it. Possibility that this series goes 7, but I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron goes off in game 6, if they win game 5, to go ahead and close this series and get the rest of they so desire. But the reason why I'm not really – I still lean toward Miami winning this series is that I don't know if you can really expect that out of Stevenson the whole game as far as him having 20-point games. He was cold up until game four. Paul George, again, you're asking a lot out of him. Your big stars in this series for Indiana is Roy Hibbert and David West. I just think they're going to be guys that are going to ultimately get theirs. So I wonder as we move forward as the game is tomorrow night, what happens as far as I think you in, in any series or any championship, you know, run. I think you need that third score. They had five tonight. George Hill was good. Went to the line ten times. Uh, four for 13, 19 points, six assists. So he was okay. And again, I just think you need production out of. You're going to get out of Weston Hibbert, but I think that you're going to need production out of Stevenson and or George, and probably going to get it out of George more so than Stevenson. So and then George has been known to pull a pickaboo and disappear throughout the series as well. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think Indiana still, you know, is the underdog in this series. Amused by Hibbert saying, we're not going anywhere. Probably not. So it'll just be interesting to see how this series moves along, see what adjustments Miami makes. They didn't really put LeBron in the post a lot in this in this particular game. And if they did, it was a lot of open shots that weren't being taken advantage of by the Heat. And they really didn't have a chance to post them up. LeBron only shot 18 times officially, went to the line six. But you're going to need, obviously, a little bit more out of Chris Bosh. And I think that's the reason why they may lose this series, because Chris Bosh is hanging out on the perimeter all the time. Don't really think your big can really do that. So, driver's seat still Miami. They did what they were supposed to do. They stole a game in Indiana. They have home court advantage. Just want to see if Indiana can steal another game. Out of, out of Miami, they're going to have to end up stealing one more in order to move along in this series. Head coaching moves, well, moves as far as coaching goes. Hollins is Ryan. I want to call him Ryan, but it's Lionel. Ryan is the great center from the L.A. Clippers. But anyway, Lionel Hollins is basically a free agent after June thirtieth. They want to have a contract worked out. I think Lionel Hollins wants to stay there, but if he doesn't. And I think I read an interesting article on ESPN.com today. There's a possibility he may, he may not stay there. I'll tell you why. If they're looking to dump Zach Randolph, I don't know if he stays there. And they're looking to cut payroll. I don't think he wants to stay there. I don't 
necessarily mind them looking for a suitor for Zach Randolph because they need scoring on the perimeter. And if it takes Zach Randolph to do that, so be it. Because they have Ed Davis waiting in the wings there. But you just don't give Zach Randolph away. And I think Hollins wants to hold up and see what they're going to do. Because if you remember, during the season, he wasn't happy with the changes with Spates, Ellington, and Gabe being traded away. So it'll be interesting to see if he stays there. My guess is that he does, and they just stand pat. And if you trade Randolph, hopefully you'll get something for him. But I think he wants to see what they're going to do first. Atlanta highs. Hires a longtime San Antonio assistant, Mike Bullenholzer, Buddenholzer. I hope I'm saying his name correctly, uh, to be their coach. So hopefully he's part of the San Antonio tree. The general manager, Danny Ferry, he's a former San Antonio guy. Not surprising. So he's part of that situation. It'll be interesting to see what they do in offseason, too. A plethora of free agents. And Jeff Teague is a restricted free agent. Josh Smith, free agent. So... It'll be interesting to see what they do there. Didn't mention this a few days ago, but Jeff Hornacek is hired by the Suns to be their head coach. Getting rid of Lindsey Hunter, that was a dicey situation because of um, the way that Lindsey Hunter was hired. Suppose they went over Elston Turner and they went over Dan Marley to hire Lindsey Hunter. Lindsey Hunter's gone. wonder if he'll ever get a free uh, a head coaching job again. Probably not. So they're going to hire him. Don't really know what type of coach he's going to be, but that's a total rebuilding job in Phoenix. Not really a total rebuilding job in, in Atlanta. They have cap room there. And I always wonder why guys don't want to go to Atlanta. Maybe it's because of that unstable ownership situation. But they finally got a guy that's supposedly smart being under Popovich. Popovich paid him a, the ultimate com- compliment um, the other day. Called him not as just an assistant coach, but the co-head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. And he was there for 16, 17 years. So... Congratulations to him for finding for being able to finally get a head coaching job here. And not a bad spot, by the way, to get it with the Hawks of Atlanta. So that's it for Hunter Sports Talk. For Hunter Sports Talk. We're probably not going to have a show tomorrow because there's no games tomorrow. We'll have a show on Friday, maybe to preview the game a little bit. But we may be off two days because not a lot of really going on. But if there is going on, we'll have a podcast. If you have any questions, or comments, subscribe to iTunes, by the way, and send me a, send me an email on huntersportstalk at gmail.com. I'm William Hunter. You're listening to Hunter Sports Talk.